Welcome to the Art and Science of Complex Sales. This is a podcast where we explore how the best B2B sales leaders make the complex simple, drive relationships and revenue, and generally elevate the sales profession. In this podcast, we're bringing together sales experts, thought leaders, top account executives, buyers, industry insiders, all to share their experiences and best practices for navigating the complex sales cycle. So whether you're a seasoned sales professional, a sales leader, or just starting out, you're gonna find practical insights and actionable advice that you can apply to your own sales journey. Plus, we have a bit of fun. A founding member in the Sales Enablement Society and a successful founder and CEO, Walter Pollard embraces the power of innovation and models the spirit of move forward execution. He has a true passion for empowering the rapid modernization and transformation of marketing and sales practices in today's need-it-yesterday world. He knows that B2B buyers continue to transform and companies must adapt to the way they sell through self-leadership, enhanced technologies, and ongoing improvement at all levels. He's made a life's work of it, and our time today goes through some of the most critical elements we must embrace as we move forward in B2B sales. So let's get it started with Walter P. The man, the myth, the legend, Walter Pollard. I am super excited to get going with you today. How are you doing, my friend? What an opening. (laughs) (laughs) People have called me a lot of things, but not that before. (laughs) Well, myth and legend, I guess, is I think you've been called a man. Myth and legend might be a little bit too much. I I only wish when I had a conversation with my clients every single time they said the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you should just put that in your title, put it in your calendly saying, are you ready to, yeah. which one do you want to meet with the man, the myth or the legend? My LinkedIn uh, may, <laughs> messaging may blow up, but anyways, we'll leave it in <laughs> Uh, no, well, truth be told, I have been really excited about this for quite a while. Uh, we had a conversation a while back, and we just like on on sales enablement and topics like that. We just meshed and and things around mindset, innovation, and and co creating value. And I'm super excited to get into that because I think you have a ton of feedback on it uh, that is very valuable. The one thing that you have to do that every every person that comes on the show that has to do is define sales. So, Walter Pollard, what is sales? Yeah, so that's a great question. I would say sales is very much, I look at it from the perspective of being outcome focused. So when I say that, really look at it from the perspective, Paul, the the co-creation of value with the customer by helping the customer see the true reality of their situation and creating new possibilities to solve their most challenging problems and really help them overcome them. You know, a lot of times we focus on you know, you, I see it as you really your product and service is really the byproduct of how much value you provide. So when I say that and think of the definition of sales, not focusing on your product and service, but where you can provide true value from that co-creation process. And in turn, if you do that correctly, you have a much better chance of aligning your product or capabilities and service based upon that to provide value to the client. I love picking out words from these things. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you said a couple of things that were awesome there that I, I need you to dive into. So mm-hmm. sure. see the true reality of their situation. Like, don't we see our true reality all the time? Or what, what do you mean by that? 
Yeah. So I, I, I see it from a perspective that a, a lot of times, um, ourselves and our customers have their own biases and perspectives of, uh, what's occurring in the world. That's could be fo- completely true. It may be partially true. So as example, customers may, in many cases, we talk to our customers and what they think of the real potential problem and challenges may not be that at all. Maybe something else or they don't know what the problem even is. Digital, right? Everything's changing so rapidly. So I think uh, helping them see the true reality of their situation and seeing is really important without telling them what the problem is. Mm-hmm. So if you can help guide them through that process to see the true reality of their situation, it's that aha moment for the customer that provides them the clarity they need and the direction they need to move in to move forward. And you cannot provide more value than that. And especially from the perspective when you're not telling them, you're actually, it's an art form helping them see the reality of the situation. That's fantastic. And then tying that together with, you said this words, creating new possibilities. What, is, what does that mean in the context of sales? Yeah. So I, I see from the perspective is sales today, uh, of course, we all want to sell what we have, products and services. But the reality of situations, uh, a lot of times we have to alleviate our own biases, come in from a perspective, from that co-creation value perspective, to actually see what's happening in the customer's world. Because we, from our bias perspective, we may perceive one thing, but in reality, it's something else. And in turn, when you begin to see that, helping your customers envision new possibilities, how they can solve their problems, and do that in a manner without potentially talking about initially, at least in initial conversations with your, about your product and service. They can surely line in much later conversation, but it comes into the envisioning piece and ideation piece and design thinking piece to help the customers see what those new possibilities are. You know, it may be from a perspective that uh, you're a, a SaaS company selling a, uh, just use an example, account management platform. But part of the process, the account team may not be gaining traction with the account team, certain account teams may not be gaining traction in the organization. And maybe what you're actually helping them see is they need a new role to help drive that forward. And what that new role is, you potentially line back to your application. And there's a process to go through, but that's the light bulb moment where you're really co-creating that value with the client. That's like, I had no idea. And this is so helpful. And this is so impactful. It changes the game. So you're, you're talking about this. One of the things that it strikes me, strikes me here is that there's, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but it's just striking me that both of those things, helping them see the true reality of the situation and creating new possibilities are things that take courage and vision. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, well, it's definitely, it's a, um, it's a new way of thinking, right? It's definitely, it's a new, new form of mindset. I mean, without a doubt, it takes courage, vision. It takes a, a certain level of curiosity, you got to have a high level of curiosity. It takes a, uh, a higher level of empathy and understanding. It's being truly customer centered, but it's the courage component is is a big piece to it. Yeah, because it's a whole different perspective how you're working well, in that environment. 
And we got onto this thing, and you're doing a lot of work and research recently that I'm just fascinated about, mm-hmm. like diving into diving into mindset. That's where I want to. Well, we talked about going there, and so tell me a little bit about what you're finding in terms of sales and mindset and our ability to do those things, like seeing the true reality, creating new possibilities, and actually having the courage to do it. So sure. Um, so I, I think I. Have- from a perspective, I work with uh, leaders in organization and sales professionals regarding to, to uh, from a mindset component. But um, if we think about mindset today, I, I like to use a term. We were talking about this. If we could I just add this to the mix, VUCA. Okay. And VUCA Let's is add it to the mix. Tell, tell us what the VUCA is. <laughs> so a lot of, I know I'm dealing with this and I think mm-hmm. a lot of other folks are dealing with this. On a daily basis, with uh, especially with uh, digital transformation, uh, how fast business is moving today, the economic downturn. There's so many different factors. But VUCA stands for the acronym VUCA. It's volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And it was really the acronym came from was found first from the U.S. Army uh, War College. I believe it was in 1987, but it really came about, Paul, because. It was applied to the conditions following the end of the war and the conflict that was beginning in Afghanistan. And they were, the war college, they were looking at from a perspective, how do we, dealing with all these eternal threats, we're dealing with volatility, we're doing un, dealing with uh, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity in, in the space. And how do we actually deal with that? So we're all dealing with these different components. And, and what I'm getting at from a, a mindset perspective, it's very difficult to move forward and have the clarity to move forward when you're dealing with volatility because there's so much volatility in the market, right? And that causes unpredictability, uncertainty. Th- so many things are unclear. How do you move forward? There's complexity and there's so many factors. Called, you know, there's chaos and confusion around complexity and ambiguity. There's of a lot of times, lack of awareness of situational analysis based upon different situations. As example, there's many different stakeholders, right? And we're dealing with more and more different stakeholders in an organization. So when I deal with mindset, we're looking at it from perspective of based upon dealing with areas that we may be risk averse. We may be dealing with areas where working with clients with decision making, having that clarity and that vision to move forwards. We may be dealing in areas where different areas that they can think about envisioning, new ways of envisioning. We may be dealing with areas where uh, there's actual burnout. We may be dealing in areas where organizations as a whole or leaders want to build a higher level of resiliency and even get to that place of anti-fragility, that grit, level of grit. It's hard for them right now to move forward because they don't have the clarity to need, as example, to make those decisions. And a lot of times our mind gets in the way, all of us. But having that element where we can help them see providing the clarity of self-awareness and situational analysis, to understand the situation, you first have to have that. That's kind of like your compass to understand where you are today to where you can move forward to tomorrow. You know, our brains, you know, our brains are um, all about being the narrator and they tell us a story and we hear that story every day, whether it's true or not. And whether it's true mm-hmm. or not, we believe it. 
from based on what you said, and I, I'm wondering if you agree with this. So I think you could probably chart VUCA, right, in a line that goes up into the up into the right, right. That just this VUCA quotient is probably a logarithmic in terms of the world and what we've been going in through the past five, 10, 15 years, the speed of business, the complexity of business, every the speed of options is continually growing, right? Massively. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've heard in market uh, continually is that sales skills drop. Sales skills are actually drop, have been dropping over the course of that, that 20 years. But what just hit me is one of the potential reasons it, it's likely not the fact that, Complexity is such a big deal in that. Maybe it's not that the scales, sales skills have dropped. It's maybe they've just gone sideways. You know, they, they have not kept pace and we have not invested because these things that you're talking about with mindset are leadership traits. They are, they are things that you need to force yourself to train your mind, to be your mind. I don't think we've kept up with that. I don't think we've kept up with giving our teams the ability necessarily to deal with this complexity in a way that keeps them sane and whole, right? And we've done it more in a way that is said, oh, we need to break it down into an assembly line. Because it's become so much more complex, you only need to take 2% of the of the equation so you can understand it. You, you All you need to do is make this call, right? Uh, and that's you just make that call and you make that a million times. And then we go to the next putt. Instead of arming our complete sales teams with the ability to be leaders and the ability to have that mindset shift. What do you think about it? that just popped in based on a talk I did yesterday? But yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, so this goes into the whole component of autonomy. This is the big problem we have today. We're not giving our uh I think our sales professionals enough autonomy to do what they need to do because that mm-hmm. leans into mindset because a lot of mindset comes from a perspective of providing people autonomy and having a core purpose because m- mindset all comes from a place of um, purpose, passion, motivation to drive clear goals and outcomes. And people can't do that if they don't have autonomy. Mm-hmm. And I think a big problem we have today in sales that we're just – overly rotated, putting people, uh, sales professionals more in a box. Just do these activities. Do the, right? It, it, we mm-hmm. all know exponentially it goes up every year. Uh, Ten years ago, I had to focus two hours a day on activities. Now I'm focusing five hours on activities. And it, it, it's just becoming such a challenge for sales professionals today. So I, I, I think it's definitely from a leadership perspective and a uh, Sales perspective, because this goes into the piece of innovation. If you're not providing your sales folks the autonomy to do what they needed to do, if folks in an organization, uh, we all deal with this fear of failure, right? If we are mm-hmm. risk averse, how do we move forwards? And the skills we need today, and again, this isn't about fixing the salespeople, but it's just as we all need to evolve in the, the world we live in today, I don't see as much as the skills going down, but potential new skills to move up. So as example, I think in your mindset is one of the biggest differentiators you have. You know, we've been very good at um, focusing. There's three areas you can really focus. You can focus uh, in, in the world today, I see, as a human. You can focus on your body. You can focus on your skills. And you can focus on your mind. In business... We've always focused on our skills. 
but we haven't focused enough on mind. Because when you free your mind up, when you can become, um, when you have that ability to that optimal, I call it that optimal state of consciousness, consciousness where you feel your best and you can perform your best and you don't have that fear and you can move forward because the only fear in reality I see is it's not a negative, it's actually positive because fear is a uh, feedback loop. It provides us the knowledge and expertise we need to keep moving forwards. So if we can free the mind up based upon the situation and the, the, provide them the tools and the assets they need to train the mind, you can become so powerful and achieve so much more. Look at athletes. That's where sports is going. They, some of the you know, NFL teams, we can go on and on. They put more money and effort besides physical. They focus heavily on the mind. And they have mm-hmm. to do that because the world of sports today, you look at the NFL. Players are much quicker than they've ever been. They're much bigger. They hit much harder. Uh, you have to have these new skill sets to perform better. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's – it's, and I'm, I'm going to be controversial here because I think I – it's just what I believe, but I think we have a, there's a large part of a generation that has been, society has misled. They have said that you have the the right to not be, not be offended. You have the right to uh, not be, um, and this, you know, this it doesn't come to a, a specific area, but we don't have that right. What we do have the right is the freedom to be able to build our mind that that offense you know, it doesn't matter. And, and especially in sales, you are going to get offended all the freaking time yeah. in leadership. Mm-hmm. You're going to get offended all the freaking time, it, offended, disagreed with, you know, yelled at. I mean, it, and our goal is to not be people's best friends. Like there's nothing that you right. told me about your definition of sales that said I need to be their best friends to be able to or, or any of that type of stuff. I think it's and this is a big part of mindset for me is this is the shift back to and some of the work that I, I absolutely love this shift back to self-leadership and the ability to control, control it. And I would add one thing to your body skills, mind, uh, I would add spirit, right? That's just from my, my worldview, body skills, to be able to control our body skills, mind and spirit to be like able that. to, to do that. And, and, investing in our teams i i'm that's why i'm so hit in alignment with you investing in our teams to be able to that autonomy and with that clear purpose to be able to execute and be excited about executing instead of fear yeah. of it it's it's like so it's, cool yeah because again you know how are you going to move forward to be able to think differently and innovate if, if you don't have the autonomy to do that and then innovation i see mind and innovation and creativity and sales, they're all tied together. Mm-hmm. They're all tied because if, if you're not giving, again, if you're not giving people, sales folks the autonomy to do what they, they need to do and be good at it, how are they going to be motivated? Yep. I mean, the simplest four, and then we're talking about simple things here, but it's just reality. And they're not going to have purpose. And today we know people need that more than ever before in sales because you're right. They're, they're dealing with more conflict than ever before. Yep. More Who wants to talk to sales, right? Eighty, the number goes up every year, right? Based upon the uh, customer that does a percentage that don't want to. If I could never talk to a sales professional again, you can make me. You could. You would make my day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. 
We really I'm going to add to VUCA. I'm, I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry. This is terrible podcast. No, please hosting, do, please. But I'm I'm adding to VUCA. I'm adding a C there. It's got to be V-U-C-C-A. It's got it because conflict and complexity. Conflict is going up in a massive way, like massive it way. Is. It is. And conflict is also the key to the creative process. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a level of conflict because you can't come in with the answer and you have to be willing to listen to others. But and I know where you're coming from, from the conflict piece for sales. I agree with you. I'm just connecting some dots here, but there is more and more conflict than ever before. But how can we, and I'm really happy you brought this up and I think you're right. So how can we re-envision what conflict actually is? Yes. See, we need to think about it from that. And that, yes. that goes to the mindset piece is yes. how you, you co-create with the client. It's, it's such an important element. I mean, I used to, I don't mean to get off track, but it's because I used to be in the movie industry okay. and work on feature films. Big piece we focused on daily. There was conflict all the time. But it got us to a good place and we had to move very quickly in a very agile environment. Mm-hmm. And conflict was our friend. It was not our enemy. People need to see conflict as a friend and how to reimagine what conflict is. And, the, and the, actually the true value it can provide you. Yeah. the We're just going to keep going down this rabbit hole because it's a lot of fun. But when we see conflict has absolutely gone up, what we've also seen go down, right, is the ability to have relationships. And I always say that uh, in a Peloton world, we're riding by ourselves. Right. We're absolutely riding by ourselves in, in this world, regardless of if we think we're in a group. Right. I love being with you right now. This is fantastic. But guess what? I'm not with you right now. Like you, are, this is virtual. So, but the ability to this and this has come on so fast. Right. That our ability to form lasting relationships is at least for a lot of the population is is going down which is fascinating. So we're, we're having this increase in conflict with a decrease in relationships. And I think sales and this mindset, the ability to have this is, should be leading us into the next phase. I, I just, I believe that strongly about it because that, that's our ability to connect, lead, drive companies, drive communities yep. and not lose. We can't lose that art of actually being able to, a relationship at a trusted and respected level with a stranger that we may may or may never you know meet in person like we we got to be able to do that and spread that um sorry, yeah there's I, a soapbox I, I there but i need your response to it no well you know when you say that's so interesting yeah I, I, and i'm leaning back in for i i first number one i agree with you um i also think it it, it leans into truly being customer centered because mm-hmm. we all you know everybody's talking today Oh, we got to be customer centric, right? Yeah. But how many companies you really are, mm-hmm. right? And really thinking, I mean, it's a catchphrase. And, yeah. Right. It's a catchphrase. But when you talk about relationships, you talk about conflict. That's the part. That's a piece of really truly be customer center. Mm-hmm. And it, people will be like conflict and be customer center because if you're customer centered and really true understand the true reality of your, your customer situation and really build that relationship and connection to go through that process as example just to, to co-create with them there's a level of conflict in that conflict if you want to help them see what's possible there may be a level of conflict when you're ideating to go through that process because they see things very differently yep and that builds 
credibility and trust. And that forms the relationship. And it, uh, it also builds that interactive and engagement piece. What we're all striving for today. Look, look, you and I, I feel like I've known for you for years, Paul. We just met, <laughs> you met, well, we met about a month ago, right? And I'm having this great comment. I feel like as well, I'm, if I could, I'd high five you. I'm mm-hmm. virtually high fiving you now. But this is an engaging conversation, right? How can we drive more engagement? You brought up a really important piece when you're asking me this question community. I think we need to create more community. And I think we need to help sales from a co creation of value piece because I think community is an important piece to connect with our customer and provide our env- environments in communities mm-hmm. to help our sales force where they can co-create value with the clients. Well, let's dive there because let's get your idea of co-creation of value. Like it's, that is also something that I think needs definition because everybody looks at it a little bit different. And then let's dive, let's dive heavy on that for the next, you know, five, six, 10 minutes where sure. we got left in the pod. And then, cause I think that's really important in this idea of community you got to lead. I've always had this idea that you got to be able to be independent. This is not just a me idea. This is a Stephen Covey seven habits. You got to be able to be independent to be interdependent, right? So right. we've talked a lot about that mindset to be independent and be able to take risks, be able to, you know, lead, be able to have that vision for for a customer. Now we're talking about in, interdependent. So co-creation of value, interdependency. Ready, Walter? Go. Yeah, so co-creation of value in that interdependency piece. So I I think a lot about when I think about co-creation of value, I'm thinking about it very much from that perspective of, number one, if you're going to co-create value, you have to change in your mindset. I'm I'm coming back to this again because you can't come in with the answer. And Mm -hmm. we're we're all trained sales, right? Hey, this is X, Y, and Z. This is our product. It's We're coming in with the answer. But the reality is the situation you have to alleviate those biases of actually having the answer and having a new way to go through that process, whatever you want to call it, discovery or whatever, but be able to do the research and the true analysis to come in to have a much different conversation with the customer to start that process. And it can be many different things. I won't, we don't have time to get into all those today, but that's a total shift in creating that interdependency because when you have the ability to come in from that perspective and really reframe how you're thinking about this and actually taking, this is a key component, taking action to do it, you're building that level of interdependency with the customer, so to speak. So I'm going to give you an example, and hopefully this doesn't throw you off, but I always I always go back to uh, a car sales. Like you're, you're, at a, you're at a Honda dealer. You're a Honda dealer. You have, you know, four different cars to sell, right? How do I then co-create value around a Honda? With uh, with with a family that's that's coming in, like what? How has that become real in those type of situations? Yeah. Well, number one, I I love that you're doing this. <laughs> this is great. You're not, definitely not you're not throwing me off at all. This is just like this is like we're ideating right here, right? Because mm-hmm. I've never thought about that. It's, it's in simplest form. So this is great. I think the co-creation value piece comes in from a perspective of um, really having a true. The, and, and co-creation, I very much align, I'll say, to design thinking mm-hmm. um, from the perspective of truly understanding their situation and w- what's the reason? Why are they buying the car? Tell me more about your family. 
Tell me more about wh- where are you today? Where are you going? Are you going to have more kids? You know, I start to ask all these questions. And so you have to be highly curious from that perspective. So I would come in from a perspective of learning more about the family, what they live, what's their lifestyle, what they do, how much do they drive, mm-hmm. right? Because all these come into, into play and really understanding, provide them the clarity because they may not even think it about from a person when they come to buy a car, how many miles they drive a year, or they may be thinking that, that. but where you're coming in from asking all these questions and being highly curious to ideate with the, the client to have a true understanding. So I actually, this is really important, Paul. If, if I was that used car salesman, visualization is vital. Visualize. So I like, I would just have a canvas piece of paper right there. Oh, tell me, you tell me this, you tell me this, begin writing them all so they could see it. It can reaffirm their thinking and begin the connecting the dots. And this is what we need today, more so than ever before in sales. So I'm really aligning to their problems and needs and maybe helping them see some things they're not seeing again. It could be mileage. It could be most people focus on safety. It could be it could be a number of different factors. And then based upon that, then aligned to the, the outcome based upon what car is going to provide the most value to them. And more importantly, what car may not. Mm-hmm. The reality of the situation is, hey, now that I look at this full criteria that I have today, I actually can help you. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, that was great. That was great. I just threw that out of left field. I, and I think the one thing that I, I would uh, add to that, right, is is at the beginning, and tell me if this is your experience, but if I'm going to look to co-create value, if I really, I do need that relationship and they need to be open to that. If they're not, like if this guy comes in and he's got, this is what I think a lot of salespeople miss, right? If they come in and they like, I want a black Honda minivan, I already know I drive 150 miles. I know exactly what I want. And you come up and try and co-create the value with them. It's going to miss, right? So they need to want that help. And they want to be able to engage in that relationship. And I think sometimes we can, that's where salespeople sometimes come off as pushy when they're like, they don't understand. I don't even know where I'm going. They don't necessarily have that permission at the front to, to do that. They don't have that trust. They don't, and they don't work to earn it. They just dive deep into the relationship piece and the co-creation before they even have the opportunity to, they, they've never even earned the, the trust. Yeah, right. Um, so you bring up a very important point. Yeah, the permission piece. Because I think about it like, we'll just use this scenario. We're just playing this game now, okay? Uh, you want a, a black uh, Honda minivan. You know, you said what? You drive 100 Whatever the mileage is, but anyways, <laughs> I drive, drive twenty five thousand miles a year. Miles a year, a lot of kids, okay. a lot of kids. So a lot of times you can start from that process. That's where they're comfortable. That's her personality. Okay, fine. I can begin to show you this. But the reality is, since you, once you get in, then then you begin to. You brought up a really important word. And I was going to talk about permission. Mm-hmm. Once you be able to here, I'll be happy to show you this. This is what we have right here, here, and here. And as you're beginning to build trust, to show them, okay, I see. Do you mind if I ask you a question? you mm-hmm. mind if I ask you a question? And that's when you can begin to connect dots. Have you thought about X? Have you thought, well, no. You know, you begin to get them thinking. And then you can begin to connect the dots mm-hmm. to where 
things they may not be focusing or are willing to talk about initially, they may open up and begin focusing as you begin to ask powerful questions. And this goes back to really, you know, deep level listening skills, right? <laughs> listening is so vital and what it actually really means. But when you begin to do that, build that trust and it, it, it can come in from different angles. Then you have the open, the opportunity to begin to open that door from that co-creation piece. And thinking it, it may just start with one thing, but it leads into something else. Again, it's not that you're trying to upsell them. Right. So you're trying to provide them value to think about the reality of the situation and come to a decision collectively. That car may be the best for them. But the reality of the situation, it may not be that uh, minivan at all. You may want the uh, new Ford, whatever expedition, the big expedition because of X, Y, and Z, and helping to come to that reality. Yeah, that that brings up a big point. Like in this, co- if we're truly co-creating value, and I, which I respect the heck out of this conversation, is you need to be open to the idea at the start that this is a discovery, and that. You believe in general that, yeah, you got a good product, you got a good team, you can deliver on this stuff. We are generally the option to solve a a range of problems, but the premium option might not be the one that fits, right? Right. The one that makes the most money for the company or for you personally or for anybody might not be the one that fits all the time because you're, if you're in that co-creation mode, you're trying to get to the best possible outcome come that's it the, trying to get for to the, the for both of you right it's not just precisely for, them, it's for both of you yeah and it also though the co-creation it gives you a hell of a lot more power mm-hmm. and builds authority not only in that initial the and the opportunity for that sale but then the ability to upsell and cross sell because you build a really true relationship with the customer right it's not the one-off sale, right? Yep. It's getting to them to the place they really, truly need to be. And they probably haven't seen everything beforehand. And again, this goes into vision. Help them see the reality of the situation. But when you have the opportunity to do that, it is so powerful. It kind of, you know, it goes to that. I told you it was in the movie, Making Business, so I love Joseph Campbell and the Heroes Journey. I just do. Yeah. But it really comes to that place, you know, I know we've all heard this, not being the hero, Making the customer, you're, in reality, you're just the guide. But the, the guide is more important than the hero mm-hmm. because it gets to the, the, the hero to cross the threshold to the true reality, to come back to the known world, to be successful. You got to talk with, I, I think you already do, but you keep saying guide and you got to, Mike Corey is a guy that. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I think you're I know Mike well. He's yeah, great. Good. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Guys. Um, well, hey, I, let's focus back on Walter. How, Walter, how do people uh, connect with you if they uh, are vibing with what you're laying down? Yeah. So, the best way is really on LinkedIn, Walter Pollard. Uh, you can reach out with me on LinkedIn. I also have a company called Brand Fusion. It's a brand at Fusion, and it does confuse people. It's F U Z I O N, not S O I O N. So, brandfusion.com. And um, best way really to really do to reach me is probably LinkedIn. That's fantastic. And any final wisdom you want to lay out for the, the listeners today? I'd, I'd say uh, just summarizing our conversation, wh- think about what customer 
centered really means, how you can think about from this new perspective of co-creating the value with the customer. Think about perspective, how you can differentiate in the market as you do that. It provides you so many opportunities to innovate with the customer. And also think about very much from a perspective of mindset, because when you have the ability to evolve, when we are all constantly trying to evolve our mind, and if you you train your mind, you have so many more opportunities to provide value to the customer, to innovate, and this ability to co-create. Because it's a whole different perspective. And you got to be self-aware, right, number one, to be able to do that. Yep. That's a pretty little bow on top of the episode. And uh, I truly appreciate it, Walter. I'd love to have you back. We're continuing to do this. So uh, extending the invite now, maybe six months or so. I'd love to back come on. back. Okay, rock and roll. This is so we're awesome. Gonna, yeah, we're going to hear more of Walter in the future. Absolutely love that. Remember, this podcast is sponsored by Membrane.com and all of our partners out there. Walter is one of the amazing partners in Membrane.com, but you'll hear more about that in the outro. Uh, I have the privilege of being CRO for Membrane, but also uh, get to do this podcast, which is freaking amazing. I get to learn from uh, guys like Walter and all others all over the, the globe. So what a blessing. With that, everybody keep shining bright. Have an amazing day and uh, listen again soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the art and science of complex sales. This podcast is sponsored by Membrane and our partners from around the globe. Here at Membrane, we believe that B2B sales is at a crossroads. Due to decades of quantity-based prospecting, information overload, and really a shift towards efficiency over service and pitching over leadership in sales, customers are saying enough is enough. They're tuning out average performers and choosing to take most of the buying journey on their own. This results in up and down sales results, forecasts that are all over the place, and salespeople that are half committed due to the fact that they're having poor results and they have an inability to truly connect with customers. We believe the road successful companies are taking to combat this is threefold. Number one, training to create leaders and executives across all areas of the team with strong habits and sales methodologies that bring value. Number two, technology. Technology that focuses and helps a salesperson succeed and reinforces great habits rather than wasting their time on filling out fields for reporting or wasting their time on spamming customers that have no interest in ever buying. Third, talent. And I'm talking about talent that's empowered and emboldened to make a difference for their customers and their companies. So where are you on that journey? Membrane and our network of partners across the globe are here to help and to elevate the sales profession. We streamline critical technology by combining CRM, training and enablement, and more into one seamless platform. We drive best-in-class methodologies through our partners. They provide the top thought leadership methodologies and resources from across the globe. And our collective efforts are dedicated to recruiting, training, coaching, and empowering, and measuring the habits of the top teams in the world to ensure success. Join us at Membrane.com to learn more. And thank you so much for listening.